After a year of waiting and reading every bit of news that came out about an exciting new ship, we finally had the opportunity to see it for ourselves. Sailing a ship offering so many new experiences left us energized to tell others about the entertainment, dining, venues, and more. I'm Billy Hirsch. And I'm Rick Ross. We're recapping our three-night sailing on the brand new Celebrity Edge on this first of a two-part episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. Just yesterday morning, Rick and I got off Celebrity Edge. We were on a three-night preview cruise of this brand new ship, the first in, uh, in its class, and we had an excellent time. We want to talk about that cruise and our experience, uh, our feelings on the ship, and, and everything, uh, everything on board on this podcast. If you want to go back and find out what we were looking forward to, we actually recorded a preview uh, episode on episode six, and you can check out what we're looking forward to on Celebrity Edge. Uh, go back, check that out if you want, or strap in and you can hear all about this one. There's actually going to be a number of other episodes that we're going to put out about Celebrity Edge. There's just so much to talk about certain venues. Uh, insert teaser here. So make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that those episodes are automatically downloaded to your device and you can, and you can check those out. There's also the Celebrity Edge live blog that we, uh, that we kept while we were sailing. And there you can find descriptions of what we did. We talk about our day. There's also a lot of pictures and maybe a couple embarrassing videos. So you should check that out as well over on cruisehabit.com. Let me throw in not just the live blog, but we'll have a couple of restaurant reviews for both uh, the Petite Chef and Friends and for the Eden restaurant. Um, but before we dive into our experience on Celebrity, uh, Billy, one of the things you mentioned is this was a, a different cruise for, for several reasons. One, just three nights rather than the usual seven-night sailing, uh, but also that this is a corporate event for Celebrity. Yeah, and it's brand new, so they're still testing and tweaking, right? So uh, this ship will not usually be doing three-night cruises. When sailing out of her, her home port of Port Everglades, she'll usually be sailing seven nights. But they the ship was actually ready a little bit early. And then not as early as they thought. And then, yeah. So they created these extra preview sailings and we jumped on board uh, one of these. So for that reason, right out the gate, there are parts of our experience that might be different. Maybe they condense some things or change some things. Plus, as mentioned, it's brand new. So they're still potentially testing, see what works. And I'm actually going to be back on in mid-January. And I'm interested to see what's different uh, by then. But further, they had a lot of people from celebrity cruises on board, sales teams, every single captain, uh, every single hotel director, all sorts of things. Now I'm giving too much away right at the beginning here, but uh, for for all those reasons and more, while we want to while we we want to tell you everything we can about our experience, just know in in a matter of days things could be different. This uh, this is a, a little bit different of a sailing. Yes, there's no way to know really what's going to be different as we go from three to seven nights. Some of the uh, things that you might be able to repeat a couple of times on a, a three-night song, you couldn't repeat every night of a, of a seven-night. Uh, without going too far into that, let's talk about the people who were on the ship because of this uh, corporate event. The very first one was uh, President and CEO of Celebrity Cruises, Lisa Lutoff Perlow. So we walk into the theater on the second night of the cruise, or no, it was the first night, first, first night of the cruise. 
And uh, we're standing in the back, surveying the room, trying to figure out, okay, a theater with a totally new design, where do we want to sit in order to get the best seats? Well, I'll, I'll give you a little hint. There are all good seats at this theater. It's pretty pretty spectacular. Great sight lines. Yes. Um, I, I really, from an engineering standpoint, I don't know how they did it. But yeah, no, there are no bad seats in that theater, I'm no, convinced. Yeah, no bad seats. So as we're standing there, I turn to my right... And I see, um, I recognize the second person who we're going to get to. But then I realize in my sight line is a blonde woman wearing all black sitting, uh, typing on her phone. Well, that's not just any woman. That's uh, CEO Lisa Lutoff Perlow. So I went over and asked her, excuse me, do you happen to be... Lisa Lutoff Perlow. To, to be clear, Rick said, I think that's Lisa Lutoff Perlow. <laughs> and I essentially said, why don't you go potentially embarrass yourself in case we're wrong? Oh, yeah. And he did. I'm always up for that. I don't, I and don't I appreciate have, that. I don't have fear like that. <laughs> um, so I asked her, do you happen to be Lisa Lutoff Perlow? And she said, I happen to be. <laughs> Which I think after having seen, having seen her in promotional things and then having the small conversation with her that we had, that seemed very in character for her to give a response like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I talked to her in, uh, about how we were very happy to, to be on, uh, on edge and uh, to see with the new technology and things. Uh, and Billy mentioned, came over and mentioned, and uh, his appreciation for kind of the social awareness and programs that uh, Edge has go- that Celebrity has going on. Uh, one of the things they've done is made a commitment to have uh, at least 30%, uh, maybe 40, 30 to 40% female leadership on board the ship. And uh, the second person, uh, well, oh, and let me say in hindsight that I wasn't working at like full journalistic um, uh, power because I really should have asked her the question. Uh, given the technology used to design and visualize the spaces, what came out better than you expected? So I may have to tweet her. Uh, she's pretty active on Twitter, so I may have to tweet her that question. See if we can get an answer. I, I don't think you'll. I'm sure she's listening. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Yes, Ms. Lutoff Perlow, if you would not mind podcast at cruisehabit.com <laughs> go ahead and, and send it out so when we're talking about uh, celebrity uh, really committing to female leadership at sea um, female leadership uh, in the maritime industry one of the people on the ship in fact the person who caught my eye in the distance was captain kate McHugh. Uh she's a great social media personality you can follow her instagram account um, she was there as one of the captains who was on board the ship. Later on in a conversation with her, she shared with me that she will become captain of the Edge at some point, I think, uh, after Captain Costas has has had his turn. Uh, when I asked her specifically, she said, 2019. So, <laughs> so I think she knows uh, maybe as much as we know at this time for when it's really going to happen. It'll be interesting to see. For those of you who don't, who are wondering why are we calling out uh, Captain uh, Kate McHugh in particular, it's... Uh, so first of all, Celebrity has, I believe, more female uh, captains than any other cruise line. And, yes. And that's that's awesome. Um, and Captain, she, she tends to go by Captain Kate, and that's awkward for me. Um, I feel like she she worked, she worked didn't go to, to eight years of captain school to be right. called Kate. Okay. She calls um, herself Captain Kate. I know, so I know. Uh, Sandy, she also she's really great on social media. She's a great social media presence. She she seems uh, witty, approachable, and takes fantastic photos on Instagram. So make mm. sure you follow her Instagram. So that's she ends up being the celebrity captain. You can tell when others are around, even other captains. 
they know. Everyone's there for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, wait, what did you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yes. actually how like, we knew initially she was on board, was I saw on Instagram a picture of her wearing a backpack and, and just civilian oh, yeah, attire. yeah, that's right. That's right. Walking on the gangway. And I was like, that's that's our ship. Yes. So, anyways, Captain uh, Captain Kate was there. So uh, yeah, we she was and she was very available and approachable. I saw her several times around the ship. Had her had a few conversations with her. Uh, I did not ask if she brought her cat hmm. with her. That would have been my first question, Rick. What? <laughs> well, no, no. Your first question is what size T-shirt do you wear? Because if there's anything that you and I agree with that Captain Kate agrees with, it's that it's it, not it's a not boat. It's a ship. It's a ship. That shirt available at cruisehabit.com. Check out the shop. All right. There you go. (laughs) So another group of people I was really interested to see on on Celebrity Edge was the people who I met on Celebrity Reflection in December 2016 when I was on that ship. You can check out the live blog for that on cruisehabit.com. One of the things that's also on our website is the interview I did with, at the time, Reflections Hotel Director, now Celebrity Edge's debut uh, like inaugural hotel director Niazi Korkmaz. This is a gentleman who gave me some of his time while I was on uh, on board. We talked about at the time what was coming up next. That we knew Edge had been announced, but we didn't really know what it was going to be, um, and we had no idea about any kind of fleet uh, revitalization program like Celebrity Revolution. And um, the uh, the ho- the events coordinator Sophia Bach, who set that up, she was very generous in, in having a conversation uh, with us about. Um, also, leadership and mentoring and team development, because that's so important to see when you've got when you rise to the level of being a hotel director and have just about everyone on the ship who's there to make it a resort working uh, under you. The cruise director for the uh, Celebrity Edge was the same cruise directors on the reflection. That's uh, Martin. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Broyles. Broyles. I'm not sure. No, he just but, says Martin. Yeah, I never he just, really heard him say his last name. Doesn't say his last name. So he's the like six foot five, uh, thin uh, Belgian dude with the short trousers. As, yes, as he pointed out. <laughs> so I I talked to him, and for for both these guys, just uh, you know, what a what a testament to what they've done on the reflection that when they have to pick one person to inaugurate this ship, Very this true. new class, they were the ones that were selected. Martin joked that no one else wanted to take the job. Yeah. I'm I like, yeah, that's, I that's true. Yeah. I bet there was a room full of applicants. Uh, <laughs> and Martin also shared with me that uh, he's going to be moving to Apex when it yeah. develops. So a- Apex being, uh, will be the second edge class ship, I believe set to, uh, set to start sailing 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that, that could be, I haven't, uh, paid that much attention to, I've been so involved in the debut of edge. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, up I feel that, like after know? this cruise, we can start paying attention to other things again. Yeah. But this, yes, this has been, uh, a cast, a cast a wide shadow, I guess. Uh, the third person is, uh, someone who was the food and beverage director on reflection. And now, uh, it's Clint Kalu. And now it sounds like he's working in some kind of role to not, uh, manage vertically within the ship, but rather laterally between ships and maybe make sure it sounded like maybe it was like a job where he makes sure all the ships are on the same page. So he goes ship to ship rather than working with one team. And, on one and this ship. is something that I've seen other cruise lines do before. And f- frankly, for all I know, celebrity has done this before. I'm not, I'm not sure mm. um, where they'll have for various roles, somebody that goes much like uh, much like various businesses, whether it's restaurants or hotels or anything else might have somebody that goes to help open new properties, make sure that they're 
you know, on board doing everything that they, they should, or when there's maybe a problem, maybe, you know, and I'm not saying there is, but let's say infinity, you know, was just, nah, mm-hmm. the satisfaction wasn't as high. Some guests there, they'd go and find out what's going on and, and make sure it gets fixed. So that's a, I think a pretty cool role for, I mean, I don't know if he likes all the travel or not, but uh, I think that's, that's really neat. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a neat job toad. He said he, uh, he and another teammate, uh, divided the fleet equally, so that means he's probably got about six, six, seven ships under his uh, under his Very watch. Cool. So that's yeah, good good promotion for him. And the fourth person who we saw was a standout bartender from the world class bar at uh, on Celebrity Reflection, who is now some kind of bar manager uh, and yeah, some sort of officer. I meant to ask. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I didn't catch exactly on his yeah. badge because I, I was too busy catching his name. Uh, and that's Lazar, who everyone calls Laser because it's L A Z A R. Um, he was my friend David's favorite bartender uh, on the ship, and David talked about Laser all the time. As soon as I, when I saw him on the ship, I knew he was a familiar face. And then we walked by, and I read his name tag. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I know that guy. That's Laser." Rick's really good recognizing people. Uh, yeah, I am not. Yeah. Matt sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm freakishly good at it. That's true. Uh, so I was just really excited to see these people, these faces from celebrity who are, are kind of. Um, well-known within the corporation and then the people who I had met on reflection continuing to develop in their careers and knowing that, well, I had a really good time on reflection. So if these are the people who are behind celebrity edge, I was pretty confident I was going to have a good time there too. And while obviously there were people um, of all positions from different celebrity ships, it seemed like reflection. Uh, a lot of people came from reflection because that was really the flagship yes. uh, before edge and um, a, a, an outlier in the solstice fleet as well uh in that or solstice class rather um she has a whole different deck she's got some different venues uh they they've tested out a number of new concepts on there so so that makes sense um i I do want to make sure that because because we're going to be throwing out names of other people and i want to make sure that we get to there's somebody that uh i saw on board a lot that i had never seen and that was rick's roommate jose oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. So as we uh, as we discuss, uh, you know, our experiences and maybe some things that you'll read about uh, on the site, um, Rick had uh, a friend come along, Jose, who who awesome guy. I liked him a lot. By okay. the way, no one's listening to this, so I could just say that. Yeah, Jose, good guy. Yeah, um, good guy. <laughs> but Rick, tell me, out of all of Jose's cruising experiences, uh huh, what was this like for him? Well. I'm sure it was very illuminating because Jose's cruising experience up to this point was nothing. So yeah, he had booked something. He's booked Symphony of the Seas for I think Labor Day weekend when there's oddly doing a three night um, on what is usually a seven night sailing ship. So that was going to be his first cruise, but um, I needed somebody to go with me and he was available at the last minute. So he booked it and, and, Went on Celebrity Edge for his very first how many, cruise. How many cruise. people in the first two revenue sailings, because this is the second revenue, when I say revenue sailing, uh, sailing that actually people paid to be on rather than, you know, for, for media. How many people out of all, all those on Edge <laughs> you think that was their very first cruise? I'm going to go with, he might be it. <laughs> like one-tenth of one percent, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's new girlfriend or something like that, and yeah. that would probably be it. Um, yeah, so I was I was real glad to have him along. I know he had a great time. He, uh, I am a person who I think I'm 
I don't remember to take photos. It just, it's, it doesn't cross my mind, um, especially of my food. Um, <laughs> but Jose was really good about taking a lot of photos and he, and he wanted to take pictures of the food. So you'll see a lot of his photos here on the site when it comes to the, the live blog. I kept telling him he wasn't going to get any credit, but I guess that's the credit as he gets a shout out on the podcast. So Jose, thank you for all the, the media that you'll be supplying to uh, our site. And if you didn't hear the thank you, well... Screw that guy for not listening to the podcast. <laughs> All right. So at this time, I think uh, as a, an opening to our experience, uh, we'll wrap this up. And uh, in the next segment, we'll transition into what are we doing from pre-arrival at the terminal on through uh, our whole cruise. How does that sound, Billy? I'm excited to go back on another cruise is the rest of that sentence. Okay. We'll continue in a moment. The preparation for a cruise starts uh, a few days before, and one of the things you'll need to do uh, in conjunction with the cruise line is get checked in for your cruise. Both Royal Caribbean and uh, sister company Celebrity have introduced a new app for uh, iPhones, iPads, and Android devices that lets you check in ahead of time. And let me tell you, this was one of the easiest check-ins I've ever had. Uh, Both the Mariner of the Seas sailing that I did that uses the same system and this uh, Celebrity sailing. I went in because I've already got my passport logged in with my Crown and Anchor Society membership and my uh, Celebrity Captains Club membership. Uh, it had all my information after signing in. Asked me to take a, an updated picture, so I took a photograph of myself right through the app. And from that point, it produced uh, what Royal Caribbean calls a set sail pass, what Celebrity calls an express pass. And I was ready to go to the terminal and... Um, and check in. Oh, let me mention, it didn't just have my Express Pass on my phone. It also had Jose's. So with on one device, I was able to click through both people in the reservation. I thought that was pretty convenient. But uh, we arrived at the terminal. And to tell you more about the technology that's there, I think that's a lot of uh, Billy's realm. So, uh, Billy, what what did you notice that uh, or what technology did we encounter in our check-in process? So when you arrive, uh, you bring up the app and show them the express pass in a similar way that you would if you are boarding a flight, right? And I noticed that for Larissa and I, they actually retook our photos. And I think the photos need to be uh, of a particular quality, not just because they want your picture to be recognizable when you're getting on and off the ship, but because you're it's going to be used later by some technology at uh, in this case, Terminal 25 is the brand new terminal uh, just built specifically for Celebrity Edge at Port Everglades. Other celebrity ships will visit there as well. But um, So they have uh, facial recognition at the terminal for when you disembark. So when we got there, I guess they determined need to retake your picture. So check in. It took just two seconds. They resnapped using like a, an iPad or something like that. Took our pictures. And when you get in... Uh, to to the port after that it's a pretty normal experience security there was i would say no different um than at any other terminal though at terminal a on symphony of the seas where the check-in process was similar they had a slightly more advanced uh process for x-ray and things like that but that's they have much higher passenger volume to contend with there so i don't think Mm -hmm. it's really necessary at terminal 25. Mm -hmm. um but then you you get into this this beautiful space um that 
<laughs> no matter how nice they make the space, nobody wants to spend much time there because you just want to get on your, your cruise. But knowing that a lot of people are getting there as part of longer journeys and you're going to be bored, I noticed right out the gate that not only are there plenty of places to charge your phone or, or whatever device you'd like to plug in, but I thought this was pretty cool. Under these rows of benches, they had both USB-A and USB-C ports. And if you're not familiar with USB-C ports, um, it's a, a new type of USB connector, relatively new, that in the next couple years will be the standard for everything. It takes a long time to change standards, but trust me. And USB-C has some distinct advantages. They're the same on both sides. They're reversible connectors, and they can deliver a lot more power. So you can charge laptops and things like that off USB-C. And I, the reason I'm mentioning just this connector, it shows that they were really thinking uh, ahead. They wanted this to be something that eat uh, right down to the the chargers that you might plug your, your phone into while waiting. They wanted it to be a high-tech experience. And also, I noticed the Wi-Fi there, and this isn't so much celebrity, I, I don't think, as much as Broward County runs the port. I got like 100, 100 megs down and 130 megs up uh, with very low latency. Crazy fast connection. So uh, download all your movies totally legally <laughs> while you're there. Um, <laughs> the, the building itself, uh, outside of the, the USB and, and the, the biometrics, the building itself is reasonably high tech they it hasn't been uh, certified yet but it it will be barring anything weird a lead certified building and if you're not certified if you're not familiar with lead that stands for uh, leadership in energy and environmental design uh, lead certified buildings are and there are different levels of certification you get basically they're designed to be energy efficient to have materials that have a reasonably uh, be, to, to have been built with materials that have a reasonably low environmental impact um, you know in general these are buildings that are going to cost less to heat or cool they're um, you know they, they were designed with with the environment in mind uh, and that that's just something neat because it's something that certainly didn't need to be that way and yet um, so those Again, it, it's just a building that you're waiting in, and yet I, I thought there were a couple thoughtful things in there, utilitarian and thoughtful. Um, but the space itself, I, you know, Rick, you have some thoughts about the the look and feel. It is a pretty space that you don't want to spend time in. I'll keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it's for the all the time that you don't want to be there. It's a pretty gorgeous place to be. As you approach the the building, the the style is really contemporary. A lot of wood, brown gray aluminum kind of of colors as you approach the building there's a an led screen that is a 50 50 split between two sides of the building at the corner so as you're approaching from the corner you really see it as though it's one big unified screen i thought that was a pretty cool effect and then when the screen is not on or when it's changing you can see the building behind it which so, so it's not a large solid black surface on the outside of the building it really blends in when it's not doing the job of being a display uh, the passenger drop-off happens not at the first building but at the second kind of smaller building of of the two which i thought was really efficient step of getting all the cars in it's been designed for a kind of um, the Lyft and Uber era where people are waiting, not, not as many people are going to the parking garage, more people are being picked up and dropped off curbside. I, I actually, sorry to interrupt, I actually yeah. think they did a better job thinking that through at Terminal 25 than they have at Royal Caribbean's Terminal A in Miami, which is a fantastic facility, but where for passenger volume, I, 
it did not seem like they thought through how many people, to your point, were going to be using Lyft or Uber. So I just wanted to point that out. Oh, okay, good to know. Um, but I think I thought this um, this terminal twenty five did a really good job of of accommodating that when we had two separate Ubers, uh, take or two separate Lyfts taking us over. Uh, let's see. So then you walk in and there is a two maybe three story atrium, a lot of wood paneling, some uh, lights hanging like candle shaped lights hanging from the ceiling. Uh, like thin and narrow, then two escalators that they can change direction on to go up or down. You go up into this uh, lounge area where there's like a serpentine bench. It's instead of having rows and rows and rows of seating, it's a curve, a uh, curvilinear shape that creates conversation pockets and groupings where uh, people can face each other and, and talk. And that seating is accomplished by a lot of wooden slats. The only part I didn't like about that is you can totally drop your phone through it. And frankly, they they weren't comfortable. Um, I thought they were okay. You didn't. I mean, I I was okay for the amount of time that we sat in there. Mm -hmm. After half hour or so, I I don't know. I I didn't think they were terrifically comfortable, but they look cool. It was logically laid out. Um, And yeah, I do wonder how many people dropped their phone through those slots. Yeah, that was that was one thing that I thought was kind of a kind of an oversight there, since people are definitely going to have their phones out, definitely have them charging at those yep. chargers that are pretty conveniently placed right under the benches. Um, the other thing that the, oh the other seating that was there was a kind of sometimes wedges of a circle then connecting with a bar to another circle mm-hmm. that was made of wedges. Uh, I didn't want to sit there because the seats didn't have any back. Yeah, I thought they were pretty to look at, but like I want to. I want to lean back while I'm waiting for something. So I had, I had no intention of sitting there. Uh, that furniture, that seating style was available on the entry floor and on the general check-in floor. While we were waiting, they offered us some infused waters like uh, cucumber, orange. Uh, maybe there's a lemon-infused water. So uh, I think Jose and Larissa had a couple of uh, cups of that. As they started to make some announcements, letting us know, first off, the ship would not be available to board until 11. And we were there probably 10.30-ish. So we knew we were in for... For uh, a wait, but a, a, about it. We knew how long we were going to wait. Uh, second announcement was something I've never heard before, but I thought was excellent. So we were told the staterooms were open to deposit our luggage. Uh, and after that, we could drop our luggage off and then go explore the rest of the ship while the rooms were still being prepared. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to become the standard practice on, on Edge. We um, There was... There were not a lot of people. There was not a full sailing, I guess, coming off right before this. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the the night before um, was the naming ceremony. Mm-hmm. So there might have been some people that stayed on board, uh, people, employees, and things like that, maybe special guests. But it wasn't a regular sailing. So I suspect that they just did this because they already had the staterooms largely prepared. They just needed to now take things in there that were paperwork and things like that specific to the guests that were going to be boarding. However, if they can pull off something like this in the future, it would be great. I would, I would, it would change the way that I travel. Uh, it mm-hmm. would change the way that I cruise. Really, not having to worry um, as much about taking my my bags around on embarkation day. And I have brought this up many times on on Periscope. I've talked about it because I, 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 it tickles me. Holland America, uh, as well as other cruise lines, but Holland America, they're relatively large ships for this. Staterooms are ready as soon as you board, and. To me, there, there's a lot of value in that. So we'll, we'll see if they end up doing that. Um, again, like like other things, this 
perhaps was a unique experience on the sailing. I, yeah, I hope that it's not a unique experience because I loved this. Like, I understand that there's an aspect that where the cruise, uh, cruise line wants to unveil the rooms and, like, all your rooms are open and ready for you to go to. Well, I understand that there's still a process of my room being prepared, so there's not, like, a magical moment for me when I'm now able to go to right. my room. It's not, you know... It's not magic. And I, then I understand that. Beyond that, there, there's the logistics around the ship. So there, there are the yeah. logistics of them preparing all those rooms, and that's tricky, and we understand that why that's tricky. It works the other way too, right? When people do have their bags around, you're you're heading to the buffet, you're checking out the pool, you're doing all that, and people are, are schlepping bags around, myself included, because right. I, you know, my laptop and all all sorts of stuff that I don't want to check. Um, that can that can be I don't want to say hazardous. It can be annoying. Right. There are there are times where a carry-on bag can become an obstruction in a pathway, or it's you know, taking up some a seat that someone might want to to take. But really, uh, having my carry-on in the room that's not really an obstruction to preparing the room. Or if right. it is, like you know, you can vacuum in one area, move the bag, vacuum in the other area. So I, I think this just makes sense. And it was, it really added something to the experience. I will know in January. Okay. <laughs> Let us know. You know, and while you're considering what's going to be in your carry-on, that's an even better time to use a packing list. And if you'd like to check out a packing list, maybe you've got an idea of you've cruised before, you, you think you know what you want to take, check it out from another perspective. Or if you're a first-time cruiser and you really don't know, well, what should I have on my carry-on to make best use of the time before my bags are delivered anytime, say, between 4 and and 8 in the evening, you can go to cruisehabit.com, search for packing, and you'll find a packing list there. We have a whole packing uh, section, in fact. If you go in the main navigation, uh, and there's a packing list that we built from, honestly, feedback from people like yourself. So if you think we missed something, if you disagree with something, uh, comment, let us know. Y- you might change the packing list. Yep. Might change how we travel. Or email us at podcast at cruisehabit.com and we'll read that email here and, and respond to what you think should be on a packing list. Absolutely. So at this point, we've, uh, you know, we're talking about so much of the pre-boarding, <laughs> right. uh, which I feel we've like George, George Carlin, how do you board before you board? I, right. Um, but uh, it's just because this is a unique ship in a, in a new terminal, just like it was the second revenue sailing for the ship. It was the second revenue sailing the terminal had ever seen. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we talked uh, talked about these things. And the new check-in process, too, via the yep, app. Absolutely. So um, diving right in, wh- where did we walk in on the ship? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to, we can get on this whole tangent about the pools and where the deck chairs are and are there towels. But you walk in and you're inside the ship. So where yes. do we initially enter? I think they're calling that area the Grand Plaza. And yes. when you're coming from the home terminal of 25, you're going to walk into the ship uh, on deck five. So you get in there and you're on the top floor of a three-story atrium and you get to this view directly onto the chandelier centerpiece at um, at the Martini Bar. And Billy, you spent... Uh, you know, I well, I'm not. Don't take this the wrong way. But you spent more time at the Martini Bar than I did, and you saw, <laughs> and you saw the chandelier. Good, do some. I don't know. Have some theatrical aspect. Yeah. So the Grand Plaza you can think of as the atrium, really, and it is multiple stories. Um, and the the centerpiece to this area is the Martini Bar, which is a a big kind of showcase bar on any uh, celebrity ship. This Martini Bar is very different, though. It's not ice. 
some people that found that disappointing because on other celebrity ships, it's a mm-hmm. nice bar. Um, but it is where they have a separate martini menu and you see bartenders that are uh, adept at making, you know, seven martinis at a time and, and putting on a cool show. Well, as part of that show, and because it takes place in the center of the ship and has a massive seating area that takes place on multiple levels, and, and you'll notice that's a common theme on Edge is things happen on multiple levels, not just decks, but yeah, levels. Um the the chandelier that kind of comes up and we'll put a, a the, in on the live blog you'll see there's a big panoramic I took of this area um, the chandelier that comes up from above the bar and sp- kind of spreads out throughout the space has lighted elements to it not I don't want to say call them fiber optics it's uh, they're, no, they're, they're large yeah. but but I mean they, they light up these these large vertical sections of oh, the fixture itself yeah, yeah. and Every so often, I, I heard several different numbers, so I don't know what's accurate. <laughs> um, there is a show. So in this kind of, I'll say chill area, it's, that's the overall feel to that lounge. It's very relaxed uh, with nice kind of ambient music. But every so often, the energy level comes up way higher. And a song comes on that it's, could be, uh, I, I never heard the same song twice, but always the kind of song that gets everyone up and wanting to dance around. The bartenders really get into it. They're dancing around a little bit. And the lights coordinate, the, the lights dance, if you will, to the music. And uh, the whole mood of the Grand Plaza changes uh, at the Martini Bar, at I think they call it GP or Grand Plaza Coffee, mm-hmm. or, or Cafe, whatever it is. Yeah, the GP um, Cafe. And the all the areas around there, which includes several different restaurants. That's where you start to get into the shops and the casino um, Cafe El Baccio, and, and it's a really neat way. I, I'm not a big loud music person, so but I appreciated that it made it so it upped the energy of the space without you going, oh, I don't want to go to the Grand Plaza. It's kind of loud there. So that's <laughs> Billy, the guy that always likes it quiet. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I appreciated about that. And the light show was just a, an added bonus that really highlighted how much thought they put into how the space looks, not just when it's static, but how how the space looks when it is more lively, how to, how to make the space alive. Yeah, I thought it was also a great place to, to mingle because, as you said, it's on the different levels. And so you can see kind of around from where you're standing from one side of the, of the atrium. I don't want to say pit area because that makes it sound dark, but there is kind of like a it all funnels to the bottom and yeah. funnels towards the martini bar sense. And uh, in terms of the drinks there, uh, I had two that were, I guess, no, I had three that were pretty memorable. I had the tangerine and thyme and that one was good. Uh, a good balance of sweet and acidic, maybe more on the acidic side that I might want to have for more than one of them. Um, and then I had the passion fruit and that was good. That was definitely like uh, very sweet passion, like, welch's passion fruit juice but made into a martini and it was that was pretty good uh and then uh i came up to billy and said compliments of matt hochberg here you go here's their kale martini yeah not um, a fan no it was not a good drink but uh it was fun to have i like i like it's- kale uh it just <laughs> yeah de- doesn't need to be in a martini yeah it was not uh it was not well but but hey maybe others love it and i hope they do I'm sure they'll get feedback. <laughs> um, for me, that was that's pretty much it for the martini bar. Oh, I will say overnight, one night, like a Christmas tree went up oh, in the yeah. martini bar. That was kind of interesting. Overall, the holiday decorations, which were all, I think, very, 
I want to say subtle, even though one of them is a giant freaking Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, but understated. We'll say. Uh, that was that's the word not, that was on not, the tip of my tongue. Uh, there were there were not uh, candy canes and, and such. Right. Um, beautiful holiday decorations, but over the course of this three night cruise, every time you walked through a venue, there was just one more piece. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's garland here now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Was was that tree there before? No, no. I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, but it was. I actually I liked it. Um, I I'm kind of a sucker for Christmas lights. These were not traditional in that way. Again, it was it was more understated. Uh, but it went very well with the space. So I liked the way that they did it. I'm. I totally agree there. Um, what they selected for their decorations really went with the vibe of the ship and the vibe of the particular space that that decoration yes. was in. Like it was not the same decoration throughout the ship. It was um, like the club had a much more futuristic and kind of uh, linear wireframe kind of Christmas decoration. Whereas the martini bar, it was a much more lush traditional uh, Christmas tree. Uh, example oh and then um in the guest services area there was a menorah because uh, we were yes, sailing during hanukkah uh, and that was a menorah with energy efficient light bulbs if you did not notice that you know you were saying that's uh, a priority for the the ship to be energy efficient those were energy efficient light bulbs in the menorah i i'm, I'm not sure it goes with hanukkah d- tradition for you to go unscrewing those and checking but you <laughs> I, know. Didn't check. I didn't check they were obviously <laughs> energy efficient bulbs uh. all right so at, at this point can we turn our attention towards uh the de- to, towards dining the food that's on the ship yeah i mean because when do people talking about cruises ever get to talking about the food <laughs> Well, how about right now? So, uh, you know, as we talked about on on our preview episode, there's a a new concept that maybe isn't, uh, you know, it's not like Norwegian's freestyle dining. It's not like what Royal Caribbean tried before with dynamic dining. It's a a new style where instead of having one main dining room with a, a, a... menu that rotates nightly and then having specialty restaurants that have a, a standing menu uh, they're going to fuse those two concepts and make four main dining rooms on the edge where about 75 percent of the menu is uh, rotating night to night 25 percent of the menu is standing based on the theme of that restaurant and one of the ones that i chose there was cyprus which is kind of a greek pan mediterranean restaurant uh, had some really good baked cheese there uh, really good lamb shank you can read about that on our live blog um for me this one was a hit uh, i i really liked the flavors there uh definitely a place i'd go back to service was good too yeah i i uh i believe the only one of the main dining room venues that larissa and i did not visit was actually cyprus mm. we, we went to cosmopolitan normandy and tuscan uh tuscan restaurant and I'll tell you, I I wasn't sure how this was going to work because I've seen multiple cruise lines do this thing with multiple main dining rooms in the past. And, oh, yeah, it's a completely different uh, restaurant. I'm going, well, actually, they're they're stacked on top of each other. I can see one from the other. They're they're the same thing. Uh, I think it was neat the way that they had um, not only uh, some of the dishes unique to that venue, but also some of the cocktails unique to that venue. And the decor. Now, the decor, they're not heavily themed so for example Nor- normandy restaurant if you're if you're familiar with the ocean liner specialty venues on celebrity ships where it is heavily themed to a particular ocean liner which i love <laughs> big big fan sad that's going away um normandy on edge has art from the ss normandy and has art about the ss normandy 
but in none of the restaurants it, do you feel like you're in a theme restaurant, right? Uh, there are cues to those cuisines or to those regions, but not... Yes, uh, what I would say about Cyprus, which is the only one of the four main dining rooms that I, that I dined in, um, you could say it's a Greek restaurant or it has a Greek menu. It is not a Greek restaurant. Yeah, there it, you go. Uh, its decor is not that of a Greek restaurant. I would say that its decor takes some cues from the palate of Santorini and goes in a kind of modern cruise line direction with so that. So cues from the palate, palate of Santorini, but not all like the... Uh, it didn't have the Greek restaurant we walk in and it's got the smooth white uh, booths and whatnot. Correct, <laughs> correct, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, the way that they did it, I think it works out. Um, and I, it made me look forward to each night checking out the next restaurant just to mm. see what it was like both mm. the menu and the the decor uh they were nice and and unlike others you can't just see the other one from there so i i rather like that and my experience just speaking broadly about the main dining rooms which i only went to for for dinner did mm -hmm. not have a chance to go for lunch or breakfast um insert billy wakes up too late joke here um, well also in just three nights yeah in my experience I'm I'm not a huge main dining room person. I do a lot of specialty dining and just a lot of buffet, even for dinner. Mm -hmm. It was great. Food came out hot every time, which is a challenge on any cruise ship when you're serving that many people. Um, you know, and often the galley can be far away from mm -hmm. where your table might be. Food came out real hot every time, which was great. Service was friendly. I heard some people complaining about the speed of the service. Uh, listen, they weren't pushing you through like a like a diner during a you know a rush. And that's fine. I don't want that. But it wasn't. Uh, it it wasn't anything near. Uh, we'll say, for lack of a better term, European style dining, where there's a real casual speed. Mm -hmm. It was. I found it was plenty plenty quick, but uh, but not speeding through. And all the staff was was excellent. Uh, it was one of the. I guess I'll leave it as it was one of the better main dining experiences that I've had outside of like a luxury uh, line. Oh, good, good. Um, it you want to uh, say something about the food at any of the uh, the three? Maybe starting with Cosmopolitan? Uh, I, you know what? I, I think the best place, if you want to see a little bit of that, is in the live blog. Just because right now, I couldn't tell you what I had in each of them. Okay. Partially because several times, um, Larissa and I looked at what was offered. And just and I, I like to do this, especially on cruises, because it's easy. Maybe I like four of these starters. And the entrees, just I'm not really feeling any of the entrees mm -hmm. tonight. So, so once or twice we did weird combinations of things like that. And the staff mm -hmm. was great about um, bringing it all out in a logical order and adjusting the portions, and uh, and that was that was good. Um, the the one standout, I, we did have some brie pillows that. Oh yeah, I saw that on your write up. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, like. <laughs> How do you go wrong with a brie pillow in general? But <laughs> but I just felt the the preparation and some of the accoutrements were were really excellent. Um, you want to say anything about the decor of the three restaurants? Uh, I would like to tell you all about the Normandy and the artwork in there, and that was the one night that we rushed out to get a show to, oh, yeah. to, get to a show. So I I did not explore the restaurants like I wanted to in terms of the the decor, and that's actually going to be a mission for me in January. Okay. is take advantage of some of the times that even if it's not during breakfast, lunch, or dinner hours, just to go and and look because 
I picked up on the, the thing. Sometimes it was the materials. Sometimes it was the colors. Um, and, and to an extent, some artwork uh, that that went toward the theme um, of each restaurant. But as you said, like with um, Cyprus, mm-hmm. in, in Tuscan restaurant, I didn't feel like I was in... Yeah, uh, a the a neighborhood Italian joint, right? This uh, was all. not uh, little subtleties. Mama and Papa. This was like art and yes. a bold Italian design statement of black contrasting against white. That's the one that I kind of peeked my head and was like, "Wow, that it's, it's pretty." Okay, yeah, I'm curious to hear about that one. I, I think uh, out of the three, just in terms of the ones that the that visually stuck with me, would probably probably be the Tuscan restaurant. Uh, and that's nothing against the others mm. uh, at all, uh, but yeah, the the colors in there, and like I said, the the contrast mm. um, did stand out. I remember the moment we walked in there. Um, but those are just uh, just the the main dining rooms. There are more, not just specialty. I mean, we'll certainly talk about specialty, but there are sweet restaurants uh, and some other complimentary venues as well that uh, that we'll we'll be talking about. Um, so uh, one of them, and actually there are, we should mention there are two different suite-only dining venues mm-hmm. on Celebrity Edge, uh, as well as I think most, if not all, celebrity ships. Yeah, I think point, that's all celebrity uh, ships. Other than now. like the expedition ships. And that's Blue, a, which is the restaurant if you are in an aqua class, an aqua suite stateroom. Mm-hmm. And then there was the um, uh, Luminae. 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 Uh, Luminae, excuse me. And that was just for sweet guests. And that actually got to walk through. If, uh, if you guys look back at my Periscope videos from December 8th, I believe. We'll go with 8th. Okay. Uh, you can see I walked through Luminae. Beautiful room. Beautiful. Larger than I would have thought just mm. for sweets. Okay. I'll have to go back and um, check that out. Space. I haven't seen it. And myself. Blue. I, I poked my head into Blue. Um, and I've always heard good things about Blue. And I'd like to... I'd like to check out Aqua, uh, Aqua Class Suites sometime. Uh, haven't been able to, but uh, it, it was a pretty venue, and we actually got to sample uh, crab, uh, crab, crab, lump crab there. Yes, there there was a an event called Taste of, of Edge, which I, it was somewhat similar to the Taste of Infinity event that I did a few weeks ago on, on that ship. Where at every restaurant, not just the specialty restaurants, but all of the restaurants, they put out, since I guess the four main dining rooms have a kind of quasi-specialty restaurant menu that is fixed for them. Um, and you could get a sample of something that was there. And oh, you bl- could get nine samples. Okay. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> there was an offering. <laughs> outside of the, uh, it's like Halloween when somebody puts the bowl of candy out by the door, man. No one's guarding it. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. So blues, uh, blues offering was a lump crab cake salad that was uh, really, really good. I would, yeah. I would say that's yeah. I we were on our way to other food, impressed. but that was that was good food right there. Appetizers are what you eat before you eat to make you more hungry. Right? I I hear you, sir, uh, and I know what that is a reference to. Um, if you've been following the blog when and the uh, Celebrity Infinity Live blog, you know that when I was on that ship, I ate at their first incarnation of uh, the Le Petit Chef uh, concept, uh, where you have the animated chef making your dinner a four-course meal uh, right there on the plate. Uh, Edge has uh, its own Le Petit Chef. This is Le Petit Chef and Friends. Uh, it's a cooking competition between uh, the French chef that we got to know in the first episode, uh, along with a Spanish, uh, an Italian, and a Japanese chef, each picking up a, a course. I'd say keep uh, your eye on the blog for uh, a write-up of that. My friend Jose got some really good videos and, and photos of that. 
Uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting to compare the experiences. Uh, but overall, I would say it, it works. I don't know that any one of the episodes of the the Petite Chef series now has high repeatability within that one episode, unless you're really fond of the menu. Um, but it's a concept that worked to see another story in this guy's adventures. And do you remember the cost of that? Yeah, $55. So that. not inexpensive, but in line with the other specialty venues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the ship so i that's kind of surprising to me actually because those projectors probably set them back a bit <laughs> doubtless visually impressive from from what i could tell yeah really good and uh let me give a, a shout out to uh the uh, waitress that we had carol uh she was really good at uh explaining you know, what's going on where they give you a, a there are four options or there are four courses. Each course has two options. One is what the chefs are going to be preparing. The other is uh, if you don't like that, you can get something uh, else. Uh, and she was good at explaining that to, to me and Jose. I was familiar with it already. Uh, but at the table next to us, there was a, a lady on her cell phone talking, making calls. She was totally not into the dining experience. And when I mentioned this to Jose, Jose goes, oh, yeah, her husband is supposed to be here and he's not. <laughs> said, uh, like on the cruise or at dinner at he was supposed to be across the table from her at that moment and okay. he was elsewhere on the ship uh, so uh at uh about the point that uh the third course the entree was being served uh he showed up and carol the waitress was really good about bringing him up to speed with the rest of the show and getting him back on track so that his dessert could be when we were all being served dessert that was that was really good, the good, way she handled good, it. Good job by her. I wonder, um, how easy is it to get a divorce in the Bahamas? <laughs> I don't know. So I, I do want to mention um, that in that venue uh, that Le Petit Chef takes place, Le Grand Bistro, there is also a, uh, not really a patisserie, there's a, there's a little pastry area. Yeah. And uh, they have a number of fresh-baked breads and and pastries that look delicious i tried one what what was the thing that i tried <laughs> i was gonna say you could even get yourself a financier a financier <laughs> which i believe is is french for accountant um <laughs> yeah i think that's uh i think the thing about a financier is that the the flour involves almond flour because that was one of the baked goods i saw in the ocean view cafe marked with uh, contains nuts i did not know that okay. so yeah, so the reason i, I want to mention right. that is because it's it's easy to just think that that's like a display for the restaurant, not realize you can go there and get some delicious things. And it's a little weird because it's right across the Grand Plaza from um, Cafe, Cafe Albaccio, where there are great pastries that are complimentary. Uh, and the ones at, uh, at Le Grand Bistro are not complimentary. The prices are reasonable. I think I paid $2 maybe. Yeah. For I think the, that's right. A financier is that yeah hey look at me um but it's it is interesting i mean imagine if you're on a ship and you see a display case with beautiful baked goods and then you turn around and 40 feet away you see another display with baked goods and on one side they cost money and on the other they don't it's a little weird yes um I'm not sure personally why I would ever buy something at Le Grand Bistro. You didn't uh, hesitate convincing me. That's just because it's your money. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> they'd had a great financier over at Cafe Albaccio. You could have had that. But anyhow, you're you're right. Um, there is also this space. Uh, with, the, uh, with the Le Petit Chef, uh, I thought the venue 
when it was done in cuisine was better because I thought it was more intimate. Like we were all having the same experience at the same time, which is integral to the Le Petit Chef show. Um, and there was something about it, the restaurant being very open to the concourse there, to the Grand Plaza, that I thought took away from the idea that everyone in the restaurant's having the same experience because we're all in the full vi- view of people who are totally not doing what we're doing. So that was uh, that was a little bit weird. Maybe they can adjust that for, for Apex. I-, I wondered how that was going to work. It actually reminded me on Seaview. Um, there's a French specialty restaurant. I cannot remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, that is similarly located. Now, obviously, the it's just a restaurant. There's not so much with the visual elements, mm. like with Le Petit Chef. But I still thought kind of unusual to have people just walking by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, maybe they could fix that. Uh, oddly, on, uh, on Holland America in New Amsterdam, they have at night a specialty venue that takes place in... It's Italian. I forget the name. takes place in the part of the buffet area and they actually have like curtains sort of that uh they're sheer if i recall but they they sort of separated off and i almost wonder if something like that maybe because because i, I get that, it i think that would go space, a long way yeah and i don't think it's a bad thing for lunch i think lunch there in that space right at the grand plaza would actually be really cool to have people walking by in that sense yes feels like a a a you know a sidewalk bistro mm-hmm I'm gesturing with my hands like everyone can see me. I know. <laughs> I can see you. Uh, so, yes. So, I, I, on the on the whole, Le Petit, uh, Le Petit Chef and Friends, uh, that was a winner. Uh, I'd say definitely worth it. Uh, good, to, good to go. Good to experience. Uh, the other specialty restaurant that uh, Jose and I visited was the restaurant at Eden. Um, a lot of people think that Eden is a restaurant. That's really just one aspect of, of what is there. Uh, very difficult to kind of talk about. I will say it compares most closely to Wonderland on Royal Caribbean's uh, Quantum and Oasis class. Uh, and I would say it compares more closely to that than Cuisine did. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I would have thought maybe for no good reason that it would have been that you would have said more to, to cuisine. So I look forward to try, tr- trying it out uh, in January because Rick got to experience that. We spent a lot of time in Eden, but as you mentioned, it's more than just a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things. A lot of things like we dedicated a whole episode that'll be coming out uh, very, very, very soon. <laughs> um, um, what else do we want to say about Eden? Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I guess when you, uh, I'll briefly say when you walk in, you meet one of the Edenists, who's the performers there in the in the Eden space. Uh, she asked me my name, uh, told me her name. Then we went and met. Uh, we walked uh, along the open kitchen, uh, and were shown that. And then we were introduced to a different Edenist who offered us a, a cocktail, uh, sort of like an elixir to in induct us into this other world that we were going to be in uh, and then we were shown to our table where our server ignatius took us through uh, a five course meal uh, again two options per course uh but this one they it just had that kind of different ingredients some recommendation on sticking all with column a and or all with column b but certainly you were free to to zigzag through the two columns as you wished uh one a kind of thing that i've never seen in a restaurant before is the uh silverware for your multiple courses for your five courses was in a drawer 
right in front of you in the table. So uh, you always had a fork there, but when it a course came out, you had to sort out which fork was the baby fork, which fork was the daddy fork. And um, that aspect was a little confusing because I had to take a second to re- think about which fork did I want to use. Is there an app for that? Pro- I'm probably. That could build that into the app. How about that? The which fork tab. Um, it, on uh, expect to hear more about Eden in the podcast. Expect to read more about Eden on the blog. Um, I, I thought the food was okay. I'm not sure that there was a dish that was really that really blew me away. There were some aspects of some that I thought was that were good, but um, uh, maybe having eaten at Wonderland, kind of. Yes, I've seen this stuff before. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so. Those are some of the, we'll say, sit-down. Yeah, table service. Table service restaurants. Um, and I'm actually going to change it up from our notes just a tad. Sure. Because since we're talking about Eden, we just said oh, there's yeah. so much to cover. There's actually, within Eden, we'll, we'll transition now into quick service uh, places to get, in, uh, to get a bite. There is Eden Cafe. And it's located on, we'll say, the center level of Eden. But all the way forward, kind of in a corner. Yeah, I'd um, say the, the entrance level of Eden, which is the middle yeah. of the three. Yeah. Um, but 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 the other side from the entrance. So it's I don't want to say you could mm-hmm. miss it, um, but it, it's it's out of the way, which I think was um, probably smart because the venue is very relaxing, and you have performances going on at times. But Eden Cafe offers a number of different types of sandwiches. Uh, I think you had a turkey Reuben yeah. one time. Uh, I had like a, a cauliflower and squash sandwich. They have some wraps. They have d- uh, dessert items there as well. Everything, uh, the, the sandwiches are all made made to order. Yes. Um, complimentary. There's some desserts and then they have juices, coffee. Yeah, soups and salads like too. And you can get yeah. breakfast there as well. Yeah, a different menu for breakfast that, um, uh, yeah, again, all complimentary. So, so that's pretty cool. And as we gush about Eden on future episodes and articles, uh, the cafe is just one of the things that makes it so that you don't even have to leave Eden. There, there are bathrooms in Eden. That's true. Well, I think the bathrooms are technically in the journey into Eden section. Don't screw oh. up my thing here. Okay. There are bathrooms in Eden. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the, one of uh, the venues that I like a lot on uh, the celebrity shifts is, is the Solarium and the spa cafe that's in the Solarium is a place I like to go as an alternative to uh, you know, sit down breakfast in the main dining room or going to the uh, going to the buffet for breakfast. Uh, this They had a spa cafe and juice bar just like on the Infinity, just like on the Reflection, uh, offered the same menu as when I was on, on Infinity just a few weeks ago. So if that is something you like, it is present on edge and it's there for you. Generally, you find their uh, lighter fare, more healthy. Yeah. Um, which I, I like. The, so you do it the right way. You're like, oh, yeah, instead of getting breakfast in the main dining room, I'm going to go to Spa Cafe. I love Spa Cafe. Uh, every time I walk by, I grab something else to, to eat from there uh, in between meals. So not sure that's the design. Well, I guess Billy doesn't read my live blogs before he posts them because on Infinity, I did go to Spa Cafe for a first breakfast and then thought, oh, I, I really need something with protein and went up to the Ocean View Cafe <laughs> for some poached eggs on hash browns with uh, smoked salmon. That was uh, that was good. It, it works. So, so, so speaking of uh, maybe having uh, 
uh, a first breakfast at Spa Cafe and then going on to Ocean View. Uh, Ocean View Cafe was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed the layout, made it easy to see what they had and, and go move around without really bumping into people mm-hmm. or lining up uh, at all. Even uh, at really. its busiest of times, it was yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Um, and an enormous variety of dishes uh, arranged and uh, grouped in a pretty intelligent way. Yeah, the the venue, when you walk in, depending on, I guess, which side sort of, but w- when you walk in, you you notice immediately really high ceilings, mm-hmm. really high ceilings, uh, floor-to-ceiling windows uh, across most of the areas. There's also along with the the buffet stations, we'll say, uh, you have the gelateria uh, scoops. Is that what they call it? I think. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. But it's ice cream gelato. And uh, il, uh, il, bacio, uh, il, il segundo bacio. I never remember how to say it in Italian. I always yeah. want to say it in Spanish. Uh, so, so you have, you, you, there's another coffee uh, bar there as well. Yep. And so you have all these things come together in what is absolutely the largest buffet restaurant I've seen on a cruise ship. And Edge Edge isn't a small ship, but it's it's a lot smaller than a lot of cruise ships out there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, One hundred thirty thousand uh, gross tons, and it is a much larger space, and it shows. Never a problem finding a place to sit. Never never bumping into people, even on embarkation day at lunch. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I loved it, and the quality of everything I had there was very good. And much like I remember the very first celebrity sailing I ever took, that stood out. The desserts were were very good. I found a lot of time desserts at buffet venues. You know, they you get the kind of mass-produced dessert stuff, which isn't bad, but doesn't stand out. That that's not the case here, right? So that, uh, that mango de quaz was obviously fresh. I learned a lot of French on this cruise. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was very very pleased with the desserts. Uh, I think there was one day where it just happened to be that like there was not a single flavor that uh, I wanted and I, I think I wound up getting something at uh Cafe Albaccio instead. Well, there were great desserts. But there, there were great too. desserts yeah. at Cafe Albaccio, so it's not like I I was left uh, dessertless by by any stretch. Um the uh let's see. The chili con carne that i usually really enjoy on the celebrity ships was there uh what did i say it was not transcendent like it yes. has been in the past but uh, it was still pretty good you still seem to enjoy it yeah uh yeah i still enjoyed it um the cheese balenzas were really good that was at, at breakfast oh yes i had i had the cheese balenzas and yeah, yeah. I, I discovered that on infinity yeah. for the, for the yeah, and you know what i did i went over to the waffle station oh, I, and, I think i'm gonna be disgusted by what you did but go ahead <laughs> i don't think what I I no I just uh, they had some like kind of glazed strawberries and like um not oh, really yeah. a compote but you know oh, yeah like a like a fruit topping yeah 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 some of yeah. the strawberries with the cheese blunts you know I I have to say I've probably had something pretty similar to an IHOP so I can't really judge on that I mean I I thought the scenery was better than IHOP. <laughs> That is for sure. Those windows really are something. That like the entire exterior wall is just floor to ceiling glass. Yep, it's beautiful. Hold the venue holds uh, holds to its name pretty well. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and um, I, I do want to mention real quick before yeah, we start sure. talking about Ocean View, um, as as you would guess, uh, being the main buffet venue on the ship, open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
but never seems to close. If you look and, and if you go uh, to the site in the main navigation, you click on more and you'll see there's now a link where you can look at different um, daily programs and menus from different ships. And we've got the Celebrity Today from the sailing on there. And you can see the hours for Ocean View Cafe. It's from the, this is breakfast. This is, uh, this is late breakfast. This is early lunch. This is primary lunch. This is secondary lunch. The, just, there's always, uh, not just an option, but multiple options, even into the late night. I went there late at night just to see what the late night offerings were. And they had multiple types of pizza. They had a whole big variety of desserts. And I thought this was cool. A salad bar. Hmm. Which is nice in case you're the type of drunk that likes salad. I like salads, but I'm not going for a lad at like one in the morning. But I, I liked the option. <laughs> uh, then I guess, so you're saying when I was there at uh, about four o'clock in the morning on the second night of the cruise, that was one of the rare times it was closed? I'm not sure they're designing stuff for the people that are up at four. Oh. Well, I'm one of the people who's up at four. Room service was available. Oh, that's a good point. I could have ordered that through the TV, probably. Or, or on the phone. Uh, and uh, and uh, what, what stateroom are you in? Uh... Portside Ocean View Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) I I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. It's really comfortable here. Um, So as we moved around the ship, we we were taking in the other areas and and the way Celebrity has kind of rethought uh, how to approach um, the interactions that passengers have with the ship and and with the staff on the ship. Guest relations was... kind of totally rethought where rather than having one long counter that people are lined up in some kind of serpentine queue going up and, and being called forward, uh, there were like four individual desks with two stations at each desk where people could more gather uh, and be approached by by guest services than wind their way through a queue and then get called up, like, um, you know, like going on a, a Disneyland ride or something like that. Yeah, it made it less i almost want to say less intimidating that's the word you've Um, used a few times about because some there are times that i have a question for guest services on on any given ship and i walk up and i see a bunch of i see a line of people waiting at a long counter and i just go my question is not that important Mm. (laughs) um this didn't feel that way and i actually did uh twice stop by for different reasons and they were very quick and and helpful and i actually wrote in the day one live blog about um, a very minor, minor issue that I had that I thought they solved in the absolute perfect way. Oh, that was about getting your drink package adjusted with that? Uh, that was... Uh, oh, yeah, it was but the internet access, even, too. That, was not, that wasn't even a problem. That was yeah. more of a question. Uh, but yeah, I, I just had an issue with the internet package. And they... Yeah. Check out the live blog. You'll see I thought they resolved it very well. So yeah, guest services is there along with other uh, shipboard services, we'll say. Uh, shore excursions. Uh, they, had, yeah. they had a separate desk. Yeah. So if, if you're facing shore excursions, uh, or if you're facing guest relations, shore excursions is right behind you. It's got a different kind of setup. They've got kiosks with iPads uh, on stands that also have uh, an electronic card reader, an mm-hmm. uh, RFID card reader. So when Jose wanted to book his excursion for NASA, we walked up. There was someone there to walk him through the steps. But if there hadn't been someone there, it would have been very easy to figure sure. out. You know, tap the screen, put in your last name, put in your birth date, um, put in your room or room number, scan your key, scan your key, pick the. Um, Oh, pick the uh, excursion you want. It prints out a ticket, and 
the printer happened to not put the ticket through the slot correctly when we printed, so the guy had to fish it through and reprint it. But eh, they're figuring out exactly how to line everything up, which is fine. And then in addition to that station for excursions, there was a separate desk, and I think it said Private Journeys Concierge. Yes. Yeah, there I was. don't remember seeing that on other Celebrity or Royal Caribbean ships. Maybe, maybe they're there and I just haven't noticed. Maybe they're in a weird spot. They shove them in a corner somewhere, kind of like what happens to the loyalty people on occasion. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't Sitting I don't at know. table 34 in the uh, champagne bar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it, they are being more uh, forward and distinct about that idea and that offering. Which, it, you know, if you're paying for that privately or that, that, um, that custom tour... Mm. I think you should have access to that level of service. So that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. Um, while we have not done a, a private journeys uh, thing, Matt Hotchberg of Royal Caribbean blog has, he uh, arranged one to go to uh, some Jewish heritage sites in Cuba when he visited. Uh, in, and uh, no, it was uh, Honduras. Curacao. I'm going to say Curacao. Oh, Curacao. Okay. Uh, that was on, if you, if you want to find that, uh, check out, just search, Navigator of the Seas live blog over yeah, on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, right. right. and you can find find out how that went. And he talks about the, the process and was pretty pleased with it. Yeah, that's that was uh, what I was going to get at. He is uh, he's a fan. He's a fan. Uh, the future cruise area I thought was very well set up. Again, some you know it's not a monolithic counter. It's desks and pods where people can meet on a more personal level. And then there's also some really comfortable bench seating uh, there for people waiting to talk to a future cruise agent. So I thought thought that was a really well-designed space. Uh, The casino, uh, not very large on this ship. I'm pretty sure it's smoke-free. I didn't detect any smoke. So I actually asked because I wasn't sure. It is smoke-free. Okay. And I'm not a good person gauging casino size because I never spend any time in casinos. I heard somebody else say they thought it was pretty large. What's weird is... I think, and I think it's uh, it may be because the the layout is such that on some ships you almost have to walk through the casino to get certain places. Mm-hmm. And smoke aside, just the to me, like I just don't want to hear like a thousand slot machines going. Um, this was laid out in a way that you can kind of bypass it. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know how the size actually stacks up. It didn't feel like it ever got in my way, which is kind of nice. I have nothing against gambling or casinos. It's just not something that's of interest to me. Um, but the casino bar. Best casino bar. What makes you say that? Uh, because they gave it a little bit of separation from the casino itself. So it was still part of that space, but it separated just far enough that I didn't hear those machines going when I was in there. Mm, okay. And they had separate tables. It wasn't just a bar. They had separate tables that you could sit yeah, at. they did. And it was a nice space. And it kind of, it seemed like they also might put play sporting events there sometimes too, because mm. there were some big TVs there. Uh, I rather liked the casino bar. And it just starts to butt up against the um the grand plaza that's true uh there was a time when it was pretty clear that the martini bar was the place to be uh and um i knew it was going to be a while before i got a drink so i opted to go up to the martini uh the casino bar because it is right on the edge of the of the grand plaza there there, and uh there were when i wanted quick service i got uh, quick service. i probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about the martini bar earlier uh, dollars to donuts on Apex. There's going to be a second bar there or something because there are so many seats. Yeah, for that area, and not enough bar. I, that I was agree. the only place on the entire ship that I thought that was a problem. 
Uh, you, I want to go back to you saying the casino was kind of like uh, off to the side area, which I, I agree. It was mm-hmm. there was a, a there was a path you could get from forward to aft without walking mm-hmm. through the casino. I think that um, the solstice class is built I, like that. I was going to say that that corridor where those shops and the casino are. I forgot what they mm-hmm. call it on solstice class, but they have. Uh, I, I just like it, even in photos, they're, they're big. Um, curtains the fa- yes. fabric yep. hanging down uh that it it looks like they took a page out of that yeah. uh, design book and, and i like that um so th- well that kind of covers the shops they're spread out throughout three levels i think through three four and five and um yeah really high-end stuff like tiffany cartier um See, you don't, don't have know. to leave Eden because the Tiffany's uh, is just on the other side of the entrance to Eden. That's so true. You can even get your Tiffany <laughs> stuff. What does Tiffany sell? I don't Jewelry. know. Jewelry. I know. I'm uh, kidding. A lot of diamonds. A lot of diamonds. <laughs> and then, then another... Uh, so the shops, I guess, maybe the collection of shops is, is particular to uh, Edge. But the idea of having shops on the cruise ship, that's, you know, that's the brands that, um, that celebrities been offering. And I think maybe... This is the I've heard someone say this was the best mix of shops that they've seen on a cruise ship. So good. And I mean, good, if that's good, what they want. Good on them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I did go into the logo shop because yeah. I wanted some edge stuff. Mm-hmm. And Celebrity has traditionally had um, slightly higher quality materials in their logo shop, mm-hmm. which which I appreciate. Uh, I, I have a Celebrity shirt that is years old. I've washed it so many times. I've been to the beach with it. It's like brand new. Much better quality than a lot. Um I was a little bummed because I was like, okay, I want to buy a Celebrity Edge shirt. The cheapest t-shirt I found was $55. And I was like, I do not want a Celebrity Edge shirt that bad. Yep. I was shopping in that Edge logo shop as well and found the same thing. Uh, all of them, like quality bamboo or mm-hmm. sports, you know, dry fit type material. Um, one, the color that I wanted, I wasn't sure it was available and not a women's shirt. So I wasn't really going to risk that. Looks good wearing, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not how I'm shaped. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then the other thing, the prices were uh, pretty astronomical. Like one thing that I said, was like, okay, that one I know is a men's item. It's something I would actually wear. Oh, that's $125. Yeah. So. They, they had some other cool stuff, like, uh, some edge insulated water bottles. And they actually gave everyone on the sailing, mm-hmm. each passenger got one of those. I guess part of the, hey, welcome, thanks for being one of the first crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I just wanted to mention Logo Shop. I, I mean, I'll be curious to see if they have anything else. I might go on there in January. Yeah. I kind of doubt it, but I wanted an edge shirt. Just not a $55 edge shirt. I think that's a great way to say it. Now, uh, I did not make a visit to the Destination Gateway. Well, I did. I guess while we were docking in Nassau, I walked down there and saw them setting up. uh, And I figured that was a moment that I should not be exploring the Destination Gateway. I should be staying out of security's way. Uh, So I went back up to the the Grand Plaza. But uh, you made a visit to the Destination Gateway. I did. So Destination Gateway is a multi-purpose space that is used uh, sort of as an embarkation lounge when you're at a uh, a tender port and they're using the edge launches. Um, But they use it for other things too. They had some lectures down there, like port lecture type things. There was one night, there was was like a dance party down there one night or something. I meant to go to that just to see what it looked like. Um, So it's a big space, so they can certainly put it to good use. I went there because... uh, uh, for we it was after we had sailed away from Port Everglades. I went to the stateroom and or maybe right as we were sailing away, and our one of my checked bags still wasn't 
there and I called guest services and I said, uh, by what time would you expect all the bags to be in the rooms? And they said, by, by now. Um, and uh, it turns out one of my bags, they thought there was a, a power strip in there, which you can't have. Uh, it was not. It was a hair iron for my luscious locks. Um, <laughs> so no big deal. Uh, they just told me to go down to Destination Gateway and, and pick it up. That's where they were doing that. And that's when I saw there was a port lecture going on at the time as well. Um, it's a neat looking... I don't want to say sterile because that has a somewhat negative connotation, but it's very, it's very bright. Very bright. Yeah. I, the, the bit that I saw of it, uh, it, yeah, I would say it's maybe a little bit clinical, like, um, industrial hospital. Kind it looks of like, like the future in, yeah. in, in that kind of way. Um, Welcome aboard the spacecraft, Mr. Smith. Yes, but without being like, oh, it's the back halls of the ship. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, that's one of the areas I, I imagine we'll see more as uh, we take edge sailings that go to ports where we're entering and exiting uh, the ship, especially if it's a tender port and we're using the uh, the edge launches, which leave from the destination gateway. Thanks for sticking with us for this long episode, the first half of our Celebrity Edge Preview Cruise Review. Tune into episode 10 to hear more about Edge, including her entertainment venues, shows, outdoor spaces, crew and officers, and what we wish was different. Thanks for listening.